BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year to you. Everybody always waits in the Happy New Year thing. Why? Why? We put up Christmas lights now before Thanksgiving. Why can't I wish you a Happy New Year? We're in. We're well into past the midpoint of December. Yeah, I'll be the guy. I'll be the first guy to say, hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, a lot of things are different when we, than we, when we were kids. And some of this is going to be based upon how old you are. I've often, I remember starting in this business 
uh, national radio in 2003. And all of my research I did based upon years of knowledge and watching and also the internet. And I always used to think like, man, how hard would this job be <laughs> if I I couldn't use the internet, if I didn't have the internet? Like, how crazy would that be if I was in the mid to late 90s and I was trying to do a radio show and I didn't have the internet? But let me explain how it used to be in my day. And it wasn't that long ago. Like, a lot of this stuff is really the last five, ten years. We didn't have Red Zone. In order to get your out-of-market games, your out-of-market games, you had to buy one of those colossal satellite dishes. Not the little, little cute ones they have now, these biggins. Matter of fact, I know the year when the little ones came in because it was after my first year in college. My dad got one of those big satellite dishes, looked like, the, looked like at least part of the Death Star or something that was on the Death Star. And a year later, they're like, yeah, you don't need that anymore. You can get the small dish with DirecTV. So it's kind of amazing to me how far we've come. But there's a, look, there's a lot of paralysis by over-analysis. Tom Brady's suddenly old. Drew Brees looks a little washed up. Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be a pro bowler. Man, did you see those misplays and misthrows. I'm not saying that any of this analysis is inaccurate, but it actually might be too accurate. You're like, what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay. You know how sometimes we're paralyzed by instant replay? Because the idea of instant replay is to get it right, but getting it exactly right sometimes exacts a lot of the enjoyment out of it, takes the pace out of it, just takes the feeling out of it. How many of you have been to a big-time football game, a big-time basketball game, and all of a sudden there's a review at the most important time in the game? And do you want to get it right? Yeah. Do you want it to take 10 minutes to get it right? No. That's kind of like how we overanalyze quarterback play. Tom Brady doesn't throw the ball well one week. Let's do analysis of throw by throw Aaron Rodgers suddenly throwing the ball away instead of into traffic. That's how he has 23 touchdowns, only two interceptions, but far more throwaways, far more misses. I've even seen people point out, look at some of the misses in Chicago. Now I'm not saying that's not good analysis. It is. It's possible. We're overanalyzing stuff. Why was Vietnam such a disaster? Right? Like we had gone and fought wars on foreign soil before we had gotten bogged down in the occasional quagmire before. Why was it seen as so bad? Why? Because for the first time on a daily or weekly basis, footage was sent in from the actual fight and American bodies were being carted off. It didn't, the ratio didn't matter. We could kill a thousand of them and five of our troops would go home drapped uh, draped, excuse me, in the stars and stripes of old glory. But seeing it, tracking a war on a daily basis, made it unfathomable, untenable. Something we just could not accept as an American people. No matter how much we won in terms of body count, 
We couldn't win the land, nor were we really trying to win the land. And we couldn't win the hearts and minds because on a daily basis, we saw this footage come back and it was too much, too much for us to possibly take. That young men, young women, especially young, young boys that should be in college were instead coming home. That's what's happening in the National Football League. That's what's happening, frankly, in sports. LeBron James loses last night. And all of a sudden, there's this, look, we, we, I used to wake up. This is how I woke up as a kid. I grew up in a town called Orange, California, in Orange County. The actual city is City of Orange. It's a cool city. You ever been there, Ramos? You ever been to City of Orange? Yes. Great little downtown. Um, you remember the movie, That Thing You Do is supposed to be Erie, Pennsylvania, right? That was Orange. That's actually downtown Orange. There's a university there which is expanded uh, 10 times over. It's called Chapman University. Great school. Good film school uh, and a, a good law school as well. And really the growth of Chapman is like the growth of most any college. It's like five times what it was when I, when I grew up. My dad is a, was a New Yorker. And so what we would do was we would get the L.A. Times, the Orange County Register, and USA Today until the National Sports Daily came out. I don't know if you guys remember. That was like the best website before there was websites. It was a collection of the nation's best writers, and, they would, and we got the late edition because we were in California. And we would open up the newspaper, and we'd pass around the box scores, and occasionally we would throw on SportsCenter, and that's how we would get our news because you couldn't watch every NBA game. Because on weekends... Up until the Rams and the Raiders left, you could only watch the Rams and the Raiders when they were playing. There was Sunday night football, but barely anybody watched it. There was no Thursday night football. Monday night football was still big. The point is you couldn't watch every game. You had to go to a sports bar or buy a colossal uh, satellite dish, which it would take a couple of minutes to move. And because you didn't see every game, you don't remember Brett Favre, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Pick the quarterback, misfiring, and looking old. It doesn't mean that Brady doesn't look old. It doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been wildly disappointing in spite of the fact that many people, like myself, consider him the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. None of that analysis, I'm not saying the analysis is wrong. I'm saying we're actually paying too much attention to every individual throw. My own kid is guilty of this. Right, And if you've ever had a son who is super competitive and wants to be great at something, convincing them that, hey, man, if Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of the sport and he makes half of his shots, how many think you're going to make? Right. That. But when you get so caught up in every one shot, every one throw. So when, when I I hear people freaking out about, well, the Lakers got to make a move. They have to make a move. They got beat by the Nets, and they got beat by the Wizards. Yeah, they also housed the Charlotte Hornets. They had a long winning streak. They climbed all the way to, I think, second place at one point in time in the West. You know, they're doing so without Brandon Ingram, who's probably their second best, maybe third best player when healthy. Like, there's a lot of really good. You almost have to cover it like we used to cover baseball. Here's how we used to watch baseball. Every weekend, before the game of the week, there was Mel Ballantyne. Base, ba, uh, uh, um, uh, no, it's Mel, uh, uh, what was his name, Ramos? Mel, uh, Mel Allen. Mel Allen. 
baseball and Valentine this week in baseball. And they'd give you like 30 seconds on each team. And you're like, okay, I'm all caught up. I'm all caught up. Um, so look, I- I'm not saying that the Lakers shouldn't go after, shouldn't go after the brow. That's the story that they got to make a move today, but it's not like because they lost in Brooklyn, suddenly it's a sinking ship, right? Like LeBron was what went out in New York, went out with Carmelo Anthony was asked about Carmelo Anthony said something nice about a friend. And usually what he says, he actually means the opposite in reality, right? He's never wanted any coach to get fired yet. All these coaches have gotten fired. So if he says he wa- he'd love to play with Carmelo Anthony, that probably means he doesn't want to play with Carmelo Anthony. Let's not go crazy. I just, I feel like we're, we see too much. You know, we can even go back and watch, because every episode of Seinfeld is on, although most episodes of Seinfeld are really funny, but some episodes of Friends, it's better in your memory than it is in reality. When you watch every episode... On Netflix every night, you know, pay $100 million for this Friends episode. Friends, you know that? It's crazy. We used to just get our news on a weekly basis. On the weekends, we'd watch sports. We'd watch our local team, occasionally the game of the week. And we took writers' word for it on how a team was playing. And sometimes we had some stats to tell us how somebody was playing. Now we see every throw, and I feel like we freak out, we overanalyze, we paralyze ourselves, assuming that every, every game, every pass has to have a narrative. And part of it is our own fault as the media. It's not just that we can see more, it's that every game is evaluated more. Lakers play last night, first take, uh, undisputed, cover it today. The jump, cover it today. Tom Brady plays poorly on Sunday, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1, ESPN, all of them, our every radio show, every blog, every every Twitter account, every, every whereas you used to write an article and only your you would write it only focused upon your home area, your home team. Now it's created the ability for everyone to have a voice, which is good and it's bad. And while there's a wealth of opinions, because everybody has now seen these games, sometimes we overanalyze these games and we think that. We think that a bad game means a guy's done when sometimes a bad game is just a bad game. So, so, so Aaron Rodgers misses two open receivers. I have never seen him throw. Did you watch his first five years in the league? Right? Like the, the idea of, well, Aaron Rodgers has been a huge part of the problem because he's missing guys. I'm guessing he's misfired before. I haven't watched every snap. Is it getting progressively worse? Is there room for improvement? Is it because of age? Is it because of injury? Like, look, Cam Newton's been an inaccurate thrower, but he physically couldn't throw a football. That's why they shut him down today. But but the, the bigger point is, when I was a kid, as much as I wanted to follow it on a daily basis, it was kind of impossible. You know, you had ESPN... And you had your local games and your national games on weekends. Now everything's on TV and everything's analyzed on TV and written about 
not just in the media, but print has become digital journalism and digital journalism combined with blogs and everyone having a radio show and a podcast gives so many opinions that are so timely and relevant. They're almost too timely, too relevant, too much. Am I making sense? Here, here, how about this one? Tom Brady was crummy the other night against the Steelers. The Steelers have actually underachieved much of this year. They had a really good matchup. He didn't play well. Gronk has aged, but Gronk, still good at football. Tom Brady, still good at football. Are they going to get better next year and the following year? Probably not. Are they good enough this year to still compete for and win a Super Bowl? My guess is probably. How do I know that? One, I have 15 years of data. Two, they have beaten the Texans this year. They have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And as poorly as they played, their defense was actually pretty good, and they still could have beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road on Sunday. Are the Lakers going to add another player? Yes. Are they going to add one tomorrow? Probably not. Just because there's a push to make a move, the Laker execs are not idiots. They've seen everyone else get pushed to making a move before it was organically going to happen and usually doesn't work out the better for the team that gets rid of four or five players for just one star player. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's known as Stink. Everyone in the uh, regular, the civilians could know him as uh, Mark Schlereth. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Mark, I, I pointed out that we just cover the NFL so differently now with all the NFL shows. NFL Live used to be on, obviously. NFL Network having, you know, 24-7 coverage. Obviously, radio shows, everything we're doing at Fox and Fox Sports 1 covering it. So, sometimes guys just have a bad game, but because it's Monday, it's the NFL, we go, wow, Tom Brady's washed up. Um, is Tom Brady too old to win a Super Bowl? No. I mean, I think... I think you've got to look at a couple things. Tom Brady is still playing um, at an incredibly, you know, high level. Now, is he what he once was? I, you know, I would say I haven't. I've seen a guy who's 41 now that throws the ball consistently better than he threw it when he was, you know, than it was 28. But I also see a guy that understands. Um, I also see a guy that understands that. I'm not willing to take one of the teeth like I used to be at 28. Um, and, and sometimes that might mean that, you know, I live to fight another day. And that's the way it's going to be. But in crunch situations, in pivotal games, in, in situations where it's an elimination game, um, I'll do it. I'll take one that way. So, you know, I think Tom Brady is at a point in his career, very much like Peyton Manning was at the end, where he doesn't mind taking a self-sack. He didn't mind falling on the ground and, you know, and trying to convert a third down and 18, that does not bother him. I, I will tell you this about the New England Patriots. You know, we all want to point to, you know, Tom Brady and, and say, oh, what's wrong with Tom Brady? But, I, you know, I, I don't think that Gronk looks the same as he has in past years. I, I think that that offensive line has been pretty meager, um, to say the least. Uh, you know, they've been pretty average. They've had injury issues as well. So I think there's a lot of different you know, things that go on with the New England Patriots or Tom Brady, but it's just easier to look at numbers or look at inefficiency or look at that last drive when 
you know, I think you, like me, and like pretty much everybody else in America, when they got that last drive, you're like, oh, here goes the Patriots. They can go down and score and tie this game up. And when that didn't happen, you know, we all look at Tom Brady and like, oh, Tom Brady's he's done. I mean, I've I've heard this for the last four years uh, how done he is, and all I keep seeing is him in Super Bowls. I'm 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 a little torn, and here's why. I you bring up the Super Bowl. They didn't punt in the Super Bowl, right? Obviously, if you're good enough to not punt, you're pretty damn good. On the other hand. There was the same situation, not the same, similar situation in the Super Bowl where they got the ball back. I think they were down five at the time, and he got strip sacked instead of hitting James White out in the flat. He kind of made a made a misread. So, uh, you know, I I just wonder if because he's been so good for so long, we give him a little bit extra pass when the age and and some of the reflexes and some of the reactions uh, issues have been there. We just we're just kind of in denial because none of us want to call premature death. Yeah, I mean, I can see some of that, Doug. I, I would, I would tell you this. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, we all talk about you know coaches and your ability to you know be a great coach and um, and anymore. I think it was um, Chuck Daly who said, you know, nowadays you've got to you know you got to get the permission from the players to coach them. You know, and, and if they don't give you the permission, man, you can't be hard on them. You know, I've always looked at Greg Popovich and we said, oh, Greg Popovich is an incredible coach, and he is. But a lot of that is because he had guys. Tim Duncan, that, yep. You know, Tim like, Duncan gave him permission yeah. to coach him, right? Manage Ginobili, yeah, exactly. Gave him to, yeah, yeah. And, and over the last couple of years, and, and that's the way it's been in New England too, where Tom Brady has given Bill Belichick. Teddy Bruschi used to tell me all the time, "Oh yeah, Bill Belichick would be like, I can get a quarterback from Foxborough High to make that throw, Tom Brady. You know, you stink, you know." And they had that permission over the last couple of years. I think that the the strain on that relationship, I think there's been a lot of things that have gone on the last couple of years, you know, from the Alex Guerrero stuff to the Malcolm Butler situation. Um, And I think those things, you know, I think those things are hard to overcome um, as you kind of take away that permission saying, you know, I'm not going to be coached like this anymore because I'm sick of it. And I don't know if that's what's going on there, but I think that's certainly part of what's going on there. Uh, that's the voice of Mark Slayer, three-time Super Bowl champion, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's got his own radio show in Denver, of course, covers the NFL uh, every Sunday for Fox. Let me ask you about the two teams in the AFC West. And No, I'm not going to ask you about Nathan Peterman signing today with the Raiders or about the Broncos and what they're going to do uh, with, with their head coaching position. I want to ask you about Kansas City and the L.A. Chargers. Um, they got the same record. They split on each other's home field. Neither team was healthy, though the Chargers appear to be on the brink of getting healthier. Um, but Kansas City's in the driver's seat to get home field advantage throughout, even if they have the same record. Who do you think is more likely to make a playoff run? Um, I think the Chargers are probably more likely. I, I think, as you mentioned, they're getting healthier. Um, Phillip Rivers, obviously Phillip Rivers has been great. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has just been absolutely phenomenal. Here's what worries me about uh, Kansas City. Can you get off the field in crunch time defensively? And we've seen them, you know, give up 50, what, 54 uh, to, uh, you know, 54 to the Rams. And then we saw them on that Thursday night game where they had a commanding lead, not be able to get off the field and give that lead back up to Phillip Rivers. That concerns me. The other thing that concerns me, and I think a lot of people just dismiss this, but Kareem Hunt, and, and I think because Spencer Ware came in and played really well, people dismissed the value of Kareem Hunt. Here's my issue with losing Kareem Hunt. That dude is accountable for four or five kind of explosive plays a game. 
And in the NFL, an explosive play, people, people you know, define it differently. But for the most part, most people would, would say that it's a 20-yard pass completion and a, and a 12-yard run. And that guy will give you four or five of those a game. And I don't know that they have anybody else in their backfield that consistently gives you that kind of production um, on the explosive, especially in the pass plays. And so you're, you're walking away from, you know, if you look at that, if it's four or five of them, you're looking at, you know, 60 to, to 100 yards of, of offense and right. a score. And they, they've lost that. And I think, it, I think that is, you know, devastating to that offense in general, especially when you have to make a play when it's crunch time and you've got to make a play and they find a way to double-team Tyreek Hill and they find a way to double-team Kelsey, where are you getting that extra explosive from? And that's the thing that scares me a little bit about Kansas City. Um, the Chargers are a little bit like the Texans. Obviously, the Texans have had been in the postseason more, but no one wants to buy into them in a big moment, right? Like, are they going to beat the Patriots? Right. Are they going to beat somebody l- legit in the playoffs? Do you believe that's changed? You know, I do. I think there's, I think one, Anthony Lynn for the Chargers has come and brought an attitude of toughness, um, an attitude of we're going to run the ball. Uh, they're a real outside, you know, kind of outside the tight end, um, kind of pin and pull football team. And they've run the ball exceptionally well in those situations as they get Gordon back and get him healthy again. So I think they've changed their attitude a little bit, changed kind of their makeup to some degree. Um, so I think, I think that part for me has changed. And then we've just seen them, you know, we've seen them come back in crunch time situations and Phillip Rivers, you know, you know, being a, an incredible quarterback, there's no question about it. But I, I just think the makeup of this team has changed a little bit. I've had an opportunity to sit down with a bunch of guys on that team, um, to call one of their games. I, I just there's a different vibe there when it comes to the Chargers, and I think a lot of that comes from um, from Anthony Lynn and the job he's done coaching this football team. That's the voice of Stink, three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we everyone wanted to buy into the Cowboys, especially after they light up the Philadelphia Eagles late and, and get a win. But Dak struggled the first three quarters. They don't score a point in Indy. And look, I think Indy is one of the great turnaround stories in all of football this year. I don't think anybody would argue with that. But what do you make of the Cowboys after five great weeks and one terrible week? Well, I think, I mean, I think one, it's hard to play, you know, 16, 18 weeks on adrenaline. Like it's, it's really hard to do. And when you have a, when you're a team that has deficiencies, um, you know, and you can't overcome that with enthusiasm and adrenaline, you're going to have one of those games. Of course you get shut out and everybody's going to make a bigger deal of it. But think about, you know, that's a team that's, that's been built on, Hey, we got a great offensive line. We're going to control line of scrimmage. We're going to run the ball. You know, we're going to do those things. Um, you know, Zach Martin doesn't play. All of a sudden, Travis Frederick, you know, had the beginning, the, the illness at the beginning of the year. He hasn't played all season long. Then their starting left guard, who was a backup, but the starting left guard who's really come and helped solidify that in uh, Suofilo, gets poked in the eye, and he's out. And Smith has had injuries throughout the season. So that's, you know, that's the core of what you've built your team around. And when that's injured, you're going to have some struggles. Um, then you look at the fact that, you know, that to me is more of a sight type of thrower. Um, well, what's that you know, mean? What, what's that? What's that mean? Okay, so a sight sight thrower means he's not anticipatory with the ball. 
Like, he wants to see you open, so he tends to hold the ball a little bit longer than he should. He's not throwing it. He wants to see you turn, look, and see your eyes before he lets go of the football. And when you do that, you tend to hold the ball longer. You're not anticipatory. You're a sight thrower. And one of the reasons they've given up the second most sacks in football, 51 sacks. So, like, those things, those things are hard to overcome. Um, and, and I still think they're a really good football team. I think they have to understand what they are. Run the ball. Run some of the zone read, the, the, you know, the zone read running plays. Run some of the RPO stuff. And especially in red zone, they're a bad red zone team. They need to let Dak actually, hey, it's late in the season. That guy's got to become a runner down there because that's when they operate the peak efficiency. And so those are some of the things that have to happen for Dallas. I still think they're a really good football team. I think they've got a really good defense. Um, you know, and I, and I still think they can control the line of scrimmage when healthy up front. And I just think they need to lean on that as much as possible. Uh, Mark Slarek joins us. If, if you don't know his history, he was part of two great offensive lines with the Hogs, with the Redskins when they won a Super Bowl. And then, of course, with the, the Denver Broncos when they won a couple Super Bowls with John Elway. Two very different styles of, uh, of, of blocking, two very different styles of playing, yet two great offensive lines. The Rams' offensive line has been kind of the untold story of their success. Is the uh, is their play the reason their offense is suddenly struggling? Yeah, well, that, it's part of it. They haven't played as well. Um, I think there's a couple of things. I think Todd Gurley um, has been hurt, so he's you know I think he's been banged up, so he's uh, you know a half a he's a half a tick. Uh, less decisive than he was at the beginning of the season. I think another issue for them is they're a team that bases out of 11 personnel, three wide receivers, uh, like 98% of the time. The only time they haven't been in 11 is on kneel-down situations when they've won the game. That's pretty much it. Like it's, it's an incredible statistic. That's what they play personnel-wise. A guy that has really hurt them is Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup, when he tore his ACL, he was not only a motion guy, a jet sweep guy for them. He ran the dirty stuff underneath the, you know, the uh, the inside breaking routes from the slot. He ran the crossing routes underneath. So he did a lot of the dirty work. But where he was really, really like an effective player is cutting off the backside in the in the in the zone running game and and being a front side you know front side blocker in that as well from the receiver position. And they have lost that aspect of their offense, and I think it's really hurt them. I think the other guy that's hurt them um, also because, you know, like I said, Todd Gurley seems to be a little bit like a half a tick slow because of the injuries. Malcolm Brown was an incredibly effective backup for for Todd Gurley, and he got hurt uh, midway through the season, and, and it's really hurt their offense. One of the reasons they went back out and signed uh, C.J. Anderson off the street uh, to give him a little bit of a, a boost there. But Malcolm Brown was great in blitz pickup. He's just a physical presence when he replaced Todd Gurley, and, and they've missed that aspect too. So they're just a little out of sync. Um, up front has been a big part of it, but I think a lot of it is just Todd Gurley not being healthy and the and the loss of Cooper Cup has hurt them quite a bit as well. Stank, Mark Slayer, three-time Super Bowl champion. Incredible analysis. Stank, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year! Likewise, my brother. I will. I know. I'll talk to you before then. But I want to be the. I. No one wishes Happy New Year until Christmas is over. Not here. We wish you both. Okay. Very important. Right. You know what? And when is it right to cut off the Happy New Year? You know the Happy New Year guy that wishes you Happy New Year in March. Like at what point do you say, "Hey, let's be let's be done with the Happy New Year"? So that's a great question because I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I I think once all the bowl games are done. 
right? When the when the national championship is decided, we it's officially been a happy new year. You know, nobody write nobody has to worry about writing their checks anymore. Well, I used to write my eighteen on my checks, now I got to write nineteen. So now it's after after the national championship is crowned. I like that. I like. You know what? I'll go with that theory. That's going to be great. Anybody who's wishing me a happy new year after that, I'm going to say, hey, dude, let's move on. Yep. And that's over. There that's, you go. that's done. Post bowl game. I like it. Thanks so much, Stink. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. In business and in sports, you hire guys you know. You want to work for guys you know. You want to work for guys because there's, there, there's trust in time spent together. And when you have a great job and you're going to leave that great job for a different job, you better know who you're working for. Are you guys aware of this story about the Green Bay Packers and whether or not they could lure Nick Saban away from Alabama. Ryan Clark is a former defensive back and a really good analyst at ESPN. I remember when he was a defensive back and he started to become an analyst while still a player. We're like, oh, he's going to work here someday. Of course, he played for Nick Saban at LSU before going off into the NFL, and he offered up, uh, you know, you try to get Nick Saban to leave Alabama and become the coach. If you're Green Bay... You sell the farm, you sell the farm, you send everybody to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you try and get Nick Saban to leave Alabama. When you look at quarterback-coach relationships, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, there's mutual respect. And, and some of this is coded messaging that we're seeing. You go back up, uh, what was the assistant coach we had on last week? The former Packer who was the linebacker coach who got fired for his tweet. Uh, a yeah, Winston Moss. Remember Winston Moss? Winston Moss said, hey, you know, everybody's got, it's got to be the, it doesn't matter if it's an offensive guru or, you know, what kind of hire it is. It's got to be somebody that everybody respects that holds accountability. We're, we're hearing enough that it's got to be somebody strong, which tells you that Aaron Rodgers runs the show there, right? They got to have somebody who can, st- who not only will stand up to Aaron Rodgers, but who Aaron Rodgers has to automatically respect. And the only way to do that, only way to do that, is to go and get somebody like Nick Saban, who commands respect because of the program that he built. But Nick Saban knows he he could have succeeded in his mind could have succeeded in Miami if he had a quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers probably knows that I can only succeed if we have a guy who's got great organizational skills and who needs it, wants it, has to be good. My sense from business, especially the business of the NFL, is. This will never happen. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What happened to the Rams offense? Greatest show on now, natural turf, right? And all of a sudden, they can't protect. They can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. What is going on? We need a doctor. He's not a doc. Well, he should be a doctor. He's been doing it long enough. He should be granted doctoral status. He's Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You, you, you identify problems and try and solve problems for NFL teams. Can you identify the root of the problems with the the Oakland? With excuse me, with the LA Rams? I think there's a couple of things. Uh, I think over the last month, uh, five six weeks that uh, Jared Goff has not been as sharp. He's missed a lot of routine throws, open receivers, and I think that's been a problem. Uh, I think that there are times where teams have played uh, some zone coverages against them, particularly what we call cover four quarters, and it's caused some problems for them in attacking it. 
Uh, I think their pass protection at times has not been uh, quite as good. Goff, to me, is a very much a, a system-based quarterback. It needs to be presented to him, and he needs to see it clearly. He's essentially, Doug, a primary read passer. So when it's presented to him and the primary read is there and he gets the clear picture, he looks really good because he's a very easy, comfortable thrower of the football. I don't think he's seeing things quite as clearly now. That results in him playing a little fast, and uh, he's, his mechanics are a little bit off. So it's a number of things. Greg Costell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Cooper Cup isn't their best player, but it strikes me as he might be their most important player. Some of the little things he does. One, always being a guy that golf likes to call on. Two, he's yep. actually a really good blocker. Uh, they've used him in some jet sweep stuff. Like he just he does a lot of little stuff. How much is the loss of Cooper Cup hurting? Him? Well, you know, it's, I think it's easy to look now and say that that's a major factor because since he's been out, clearly the offense has has struggled a bit. I think he's really, really good versus zone. I think he has a great feel for finding voids and for settling into voids within the timing of the drop of the quarterback and the route concept, and that presents uh, he presents himself friendly, so to speak, to to Jared Goff. So I think that factor is very important. You know, it's funny, though. This particular week against the Eagles, what really struck me, the Eagles were playing with a 5-9 corner in Avanta Maddox and a limited cover corner in Rasul Douglas, and the Rams never really attacked on the outside. And that just struck me watching the tape as to why wouldn't they do that. I think when you're – when you are in that situation, you need to block it up, and you need to attack on the perimeter. And they did not do that against the Eagles. That's the voice of Greg Cosell. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I started the show, Greg, saying, like, look, you guys at NFL Films for 40 years have, have had all these tapes. Um, now we can all watch all these games, and because of sports radio and sports television and all the different, the various shows that talk about the NFL all week, we, we, we do break down not just every game, but every throw yep. far more thoroughly than we ever had before, which I think sometimes causes an overreaction because we don't have the context. We don't have a context of, hey, I don't know if Joe Montana missed three throws or four throws a game. Right. Okay, you do. You've watched this for years and evaluated for years. Uh, Tom Brady, is, is he missing more now than he used to previously? And how does he compare to other of the older passer varieties? You know, see, when I watch tape, I'm looking at specific games and tactics, Doug. You know, for instance, this particular week, obviously because of the score, the assumption must be that Tom Brady had a bad game and missed throws. But you have to look at it from the perspective of what the Steelers' defense did. The Steelers' defense actually did a number of things that they don't normally do, so they game-planned specifically for the Patriots. In many ways, uh, the way Bill Belichick game-planned specifically for opponents, they disguised a lot of looks. They double-teamed Gronkowski, Gordon, Edelman at different times throughout the game, depending on situations. So they presented looks to Tom Brady and to the entire offense that my guess is they were not necessarily expecting to see. So even a quarterback that's a great quarterback, it slows down the process. And and that's just normal. So, you know, 
we can debate forever about, well, he missed a throw, so that means he's losing it. You know, I think you have to be careful about that. You have to look at each game and look at the tactics that are deployed by the opponent in each game as a separate entity. How fixable are their flaws? Um, well, let me ask you a question, okay. and I say this honestly. Yeah. Let's go back two weeks to that fluky play at the end of the game. Right. If that play doesn't happen, would we be discussing this? No. We'd say, hey, they lost to a tough team in, in Pittsburgh that needed a win, and people would have given the usual garbage about the Steelers wanted it more because right. they needed it more, right, right, right. that usual garbage, right. and we wouldn't be discussing this. So, I, you know, it, it gets to your point about overreaction. I think you have to be careful about that. Yeah, no, look, uh, you know, um, I get And I, I know you agree with it no, because you played, I, I, and you know that no, every com- single play doesn't mean that you're either great or terrible. I, I completely I completely agree, and that's what happens with, it's a lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Like, right. Had, you know, Big Ben was hurt against Oakland. He had the kind of the fluky interception where, you know, uh, against uh, against right. Denver, you know, they win one or both of those games, and the conversation about Pittsburgh is com- completely different. People are too right. result instead of process-oriented. Let, let me ask you about the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. who had a big lead, and, and everybody points to their defense, and it's easy. Uh, it's easy to point to their defense. Their offense did have a three and out when all they needed was, you know, to run the clock out or to get three more points at home and, and, and win the game. Right. And so I'm, I'm asking you, how different or how, how much does it change them when you lose a guy at running back who led the league in rushing? Like, I think they showed that they got some depth at running back. But there was a reason that Kareem Hunt was their starter. They led the league in rushing. Right. How much different is that offense without him? Well, I would answer that this way. I think in the NFL, despite the belief, which is true, that you, your quarterback needs to be pretty high level for you to be a, a true contending team and perhaps a Super Bowl winning type team, that it is still a league in which balance is required at times. Now, that doesn't mean every week you need to run it 35 times. But there are times every week normally, against good teams in particular, where you need to line up and run the football. They struggled with that, and when they don't then get the big plays in the pass game, they only had two pass plays of 20-plus yards against the Chargers, and one was a screen. So, therefore, their offense really kind of got shut down. And Patrick Mahomes has been phenomenal. He can make the argument that he's the league MVP. But there's still a looseness to his game. There's an undisciplined nature to his game. Is he going to be the kind of quarterback, and only time will tell, that when it's third and six, we'll throw a seven-yard pass for a completion and a first down. Those are the plays that matter when you start to play against the better opponents. What did the Colts do to stymie the Cowboys' offense? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, because I don't think they necessarily did anything particularly special. I think that they can controlled at times the line of scrimmage. I thought personally that, uh, well, let's answer it this way. I think that their defensive coordinator has become a lot more multiple over the last two or three weeks. I think they've been a little more pressure-oriented. They were a very low-percentage blitz defense through the first 0-12-13 weeks of the season. I think now they're showing a little more pressure. They're attacking more. They're more multiple with their front looks. They're just doing some different things over this last month that – I think are probably causing problems. And I also think that it was a game where some of Dak Prescott's issues showed up. And and Dak's a very week-to-week kind of player. This particular week, he had his poor lower body mechanics were an issue. He was a little slow to eliminate and isolate. He thrust some throws on the field. He was a little inaccurate. So 
there are times when he gets like that, and this particular game he was in addition to the other issues they had, and it's kind of shut down their offense. Greg Cosell joining us from the NFL Films, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What have teams done? You talked about the lack of top-end speed, guy that can really scare a defense, but uh, it seems it seems that they they people You're have, talking about the Saints. I yeah, think. yeah. What, <laughs> what's what's happened to the Saints offense? Well, you know, I think again they're very scheme based with a great offensive coach in Sean Payton and a great great quarterback in Drew Brees, but they're not a high level talent offense. So very often, if the schemed play calls, for whatever reason, if the timing is just off, if maybe the pass rush impacts the quarterback, whatever reason, if the defense actually recognizes it and takes away the throwing lane, there can be any number of reasons, then you can struggle. And that's what's been happening, because the reality is, and I hear people talk about this all the time, and I just don't understand it, they say, boy, they're so talented. They're not particularly talented. They've got Michael Thomas, who's a certain kind of receiver, Doug, and great at it, but he's not a vertical explosive dimension. And the other player they have in the past game is Alvin Kamara, who's definitely a dangerous matchup weapon. But beyond those two, they're they're very scheme-based. They don't have receivers that a defense says, we have to take away those guys. They need Ted Ginn to come back. Yeah, they, they need somebody. They, they've been searching for that. You know, Kendrick's given them a little something. You know, they, you, Benjamin Watson's like one of the great guys in the league, but, you know, he's in his 30s. There's a, there's a reason that, that people have been able to kind of take them away. If you have, if you have, is it fair, if you have a linebacker that can run, linebackers that can run, it changes uh, that dynamic completely. And, and the reality is, um, that they have not run the ball as well this year with their two-headed monster uh, as they did a year ago, and I believe they were a top-five rushing team in the league. Uh, I want to ask you about Sam Darnold. Uh, people I know in the league are really impressed by his toughness and that you know, he's not getting no talent, not a good offensive line. Yep. Um, but but a lot of it he's having to do where he's trying to kind of run around and make a play on his own. Does this help him, or is it going to set him back at all next year because he's not sitting back there going through his progressions? Uh, there's a fine line there. I, I, I've been impressed with him mostly because I think he sees things, for the most part, correctly for a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, he's a little bit of a funky thrower. That's just the way he throws the ball. So I had to work through myself the, the fact that he doesn't throw a lot of balls on balance, but I think that's just the way he shows he throws the ball. We know, as you said, he has very good secondary action ability. He can improvise and make plays. I think he's willing to make difficult throws. He's willing to turn it loose. Um, so I think for the most part, Doug, he's had a pretty impressive rookie season. Um, you know, obviously it's been up and down at times, as all rookie quarterbacks mostly are, but I think that he's he's been pretty good, and I'm looking forward to actually seeing him improve. Yeah, me too. Looking forward to seeing when they put some talent around him. Greg Cosell, he doesn't need talent around him. He simply delivers on a weekly basis. Greg, great work. Thanks so much for joining us. Doug, appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine. Greg Cosell from NFL Films, kind enough to spend – uh, a segment with us every week here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center, 
Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 